things girlfriends share. Welcome to Girlfriend It, hosted by women for women on a variety of topics most relevant to our daily lives. Weekly, we have incredible, inspiring, and influential guests as we explore everything from why ambitious women don't quite reach their full potential to how we deal with the dailiness of life. Together, we will hear compelling stories of other individuals in hopes of one thing. How do we get to know ourselves? Have you ever experienced a time when you've said something and then thought, oh my gosh, how did that even come out of my mouth? Why? Wait, do over. I want to take it back. Delete, delete, abort, abort. We become so disappointed in ourselves, replaying the scene over and over in our heads. What if we tasted our words before they came out of our mouth? Our words have such power, make an impact on the people around us. If you're leaning in right now and listening, I hope I have your attention because you have probably spoken before you've thought also. Well, welcome. You're listening to Girlfriend It, where we challenge you to discover your it. I'm Debbie, along with my friends Sherry, Christette, and Robin. We are your hosts today. And today Yay! we're challenging you. Hi, girls. Hi. Today we're challenging you as a daughter, a mom, a grandma, a wife, a girlfriend on how to taste it before words escape your mouth. We have an amazing show lined up for you today with our guest, author Bonnie Clark, who is the author of the book, Taste Your Words. Hi, Bonnie. Hey, Bonnie. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Well, it is our pleasure. Bonnie, I know that you're passionate about helping kids discover and most importantly, like who they are. Let us tell a little bit, our viewers, about you. You're an avid reader and a writer from Canton, Georgia. You've always enjoyed enjoyed words and writing and we understand that you might have penned your first story at age eight, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. And you have a love for picture books, don't we all? Because, uh, you know, it's just easier. And uh, prior to COVID, I understand that you had weekly tri- t- trips to the library with your kids. Here are some other fun facts about Bonnie for our listeners. She's a stay-at-gym mom, which is the cutest term I've ever heard in my life. I love it so much. That's, that's you too, Debbie, right? Well, I'm more of a stay at, stay at the store kind of gal. I'm not really a stay at the gym kind of gal. Um, but you also love yoga, running, coffee, and these are just a few of your top joys. We have a few other fun facts about Bonnie that we're going to tell you later because there is some really cool stuff. So, Bonnie, welcome. Uh, we want to hear your story now, so tell us a little bit about your new book, Taste Your Words, and what inspired you to write this. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, you. Everyone knows everything about me now, so thanks for that. <laughs> okay, you can't see Bonnie. She's stinking adorable. She literally looks like maybe like a younger version of Demi Moore. She's oh buff. Gosh. She has this cute haircut, and totally. her husband is hunky, adorable. So <laughs> guys could like be on the cover of a fitness magazine. Okay, we're just so jealous. Oh, you are so sweet. That's uh, you know what I've heard Demi before, and that is like the ultimate compliment so thank well, you so much yes yeah, for sure <laughs> okay um, enough about bonnie let's talk about your book <laughs> okay yes i'm excited because it's my book baby taste your words came out april 7th um by worthy kids a division of hashtag book group and it's illustrated by my stepbrother actually todd bright 
And um, I'm so excited about this book because in the story, the main character, Amara, who happens to, that's the name of my youngest daughter, by the way, um, she uh, exchanges some not so nice words with her best friend at school. And then when she brings her bad mood with her home, her mother gives her some excellent advice to taste her words. Um, she finds herself in some pretty yucky predicaments because she's saying unkind words because, you know, the ripple effect of unkind words. But when she realizes that she actually has the power to choose kind words, her world becomes a sweeter place, one kind word at a time. So she goes from the unkind words, which bring about tastes of rotten eggs and spoiled milk. And when she decides to speak kind words, she instantly tastes ice cream and fruit and yummy things. So it's a very sensory rich story about tasting your words. Yeah, you know, Bonnie, well, I am famous for putting my foot in my mouth, um, so I'm sure I need to read this book first. Uh, but at what age um, is the book really written for? What do you think? You know, the target age group is from five to eight, but I've gotten some outstanding reviews from three and four-year-olds and oh. um, 12-year-olds. And then, like you said, I think it's relevant for adults today, too. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt. I really resonated with it when I read it. And I just love being able to apply taste and flavors to the words. It, it, it became so real and relevant, you know. So I've been pondering all those things that I have said on both ends and what flavor I would attach to those words. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I agree. The, the, the attachment, and I was so impressed, Bonnie, too, that I would never have thought about the flavors. Mm-hmm. And I saw your video with uh, Amara about you guys doing the Bean Boozled yes. Challenge. Yes, challenge. That was such a perfect visual for this because um, not only is Todd Bright, which I want to talk about him too, because I think you have such a fascinating story with that. Um, but the illustration is incredible. Uh, the fish coming out of Amara's mouth when it's harsh words, mm-hmm. but then the honey, the caramel, the chocolate when it's sweet words. That's just a great visual for kids, I think. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I thought it was an easy mental leap for kids because, you know, taste is one of our primary senses. That's the first thing we learn out of the womb. And then shortly after, parents try to explain what comes out of your mouth in the form of words and how that's helpful and hurtful. So thankfully, my kids got it. They understood the concept so easily. I thought I'd like to share this with other kids and families. Mm-hmm. How did you come about with the with the verse, Bonnie? I love the verse that it land and it really builds around the gracious words are like a honeycomb. Is that something that just really resonated with you? It is. Proverbs sixteen twenty four four is kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. And I just love that imagery. Isn't that a, a neat mental picture? And Perfect. so I thought how fun would it be to connect tastes with words and like I said my kids just understood it and and I get it too they remind me to taste my words as their mother so how old were the kids when you started teaching this like we've got a lot of young moms out there listening that are probably thinking oh my baby's only two or three but I am telling you I got some sassafras little grandkids right now (laughs) they're young and they are sassy so what, what how, how did your kids do with that age-wise? Well, my kids now are 8, 10, and 12. But when they were 2, 4, and 6, I think that was kind of the beginning stages. You know, you have that natural sibling rivalry and mine and all of yeah. that. Words are being exchanged. So I think that's when I started with kind of coming up with that concept. 
So it's so about two is about the age too that uh, my grandkids are when they started it. So that's good to know. And uh, I cannot wait for my grandbabies to listen to this because I'm going to be pointing my fingers out the whole time. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. So rather than maybe just putting Tabasco on my boys' mouths, uh, I should be teaching them. <laughs> right. I feel like this is the modern day soap in the mouth. It's, it's, it's it totally know, is. It's the little doozles, and maybe you can say, "Let's see what that tasted like." Give them yeah. a dog food. And Sherry, I'm pretty sure that Taste Your Words, Bonnie's book, will keep you out of CPS. You know, with your kids, with the Tabasco situation. <laughs> okay, so Bonnie, here's something I've been dying to know, Amara. So, was this something that actually happened? Is that how the story came about? Well, the story came about with all my children. There's not a backstory on one in particular. Oh, okay. It's something we, as a family, would say to we say to one another. Um, but I did choose Amara as the name of the main character, and then to my surprise, um, which I know you said we'll get to that, Todd drew her to look like my daughter Amara. So that oh, was kind yeah. of a fun surprise. I didn't ask him to do that, um, but it is special because she went to school dressed as herself for book character day. Oh, <laughs> that is so adorable. Yeah. Uh, so. How old is Amira now? Which one, which age? She's going into third grade. So it was second grade when she got to dress as herself. And she has the whole outfit that's on the cover, um, the purple little tunic dress with the rainbow tights. So that was really fun for her. That is adorable. And she wasn't embarrassed because I was thinking about that with, you know, with my kids at that age. Would my kids have been embarrassed to be the depicted as the character that really started out doing something wrong? Oh, she, no, she has the flair for drama. She's, she doesn't mind being the Sherry, center Sherry. of attention. <laughs> we just love Amira. You know what? So let's, let's talk about the illustrations, yeah. uh, Bonnie. I mean, they are amazing. Aren't they? And you uh, happen to know people. So tell us about that. Yes, yeah, so this is actually my favorite part of my publication story is that the illustrator is actually my stepbrother, Todd Bright, who is a former Disney Pixar animator, which is why these illustrations are ridiculously good. Um, the yucky is so yucky and the yummy is delicious, like throughout every single spread. So, yeah, so he's the illustrator for this project. And then another fun fact is that Remy, the brother of Amara in the story, is named after his son. And looks like Remy. So it's a fun little blended family. I call it a blended family collaborative. It's a fun story that we can share with our blended family. Yeah, and I love the fact that Remy's skin tone is a little bit darker than Amira's. And uh, given our current world situation right now, I just thought that was so precious. And the fact that you obviously wrote the book before 2020. So, yeah. And that was... That's not relevant to the story at all. Right. And it's something that I hope that subtly within the illustration that kids will pick up on, especially if they're from a blended family, if skin tones don't quite match in their own family, that they'll see that. And I, I love that. I'm hopeful that the kids will pick up on that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I definitely think they will. Uh, were you nervous to ask Todd Bright to be your illustrator? I mean, he's a big deal, big time. You know what? Funny story is I asked him years ago and he politely told me no. (laughs) So (laughs) so I think as I continued in the process towards being a children's book author, maybe I sort of won him over. Um, 
I don't know, but he did show interest in this eventually, and I was thrilled because oh, I, he was, of course, my top choice. So, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> and are you all going to do another collaboration? I would love to. I would love to. We'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. That would be a fun thing to do. Yeah. So, it, did you have the same feelings like in your childhood? Were you raised in a home where your parents were as gracious as you and your hunky husband are with your kids? <laughs> You know what I remember growing up is I remember my mom taking us to the library and I remember getting just bags of books and there's something magical about a picture book and sharing a moment with your kids on the couch. And I just, I do remember that growing up. I wish I had had an author visit my school. I don't remember that specifically happening. So I hope I can kind of pay that forward. But yeah, I was eight years old when I wrote my first picture book and I have it. My mom found it in some stuff. And so that's kind of a fun thing I hope to be able to bring to schools when we can finally visit in person or at least show on my virtual visits um, that it starts, you know, whatever age you are when you start writing is important. And the title of your first story, I love the idea, and I think it would make such a great book. And how fun if you could go into schools, which let me just tell you, Bonnie, I don't remember ever having an author come to school. I remember a fire and police officer. I don't remember ever an author. And why? It's like amazing. And then to go in and read your book. So uh, what is it? The lifeguard that that can't swim? The lifeguard that couldn't swim. That to me would be the funniest book, but for kids, eight-year-old kids to get to see, here's what I did when I was eight, and oh my goodness, and now it's published, and look at, you can do this, so I'm going to keep you accountable for that, that that we want to that on, Bonnie. Well, you know, it got five stars from my mom, so maybe, uh, we'll see. more than any of us have ever gotten, so that is very impressive. <laughs> okay, now that we're talking about that, I want to also talk about the fact that um, another fun fact about you, Bonnie, not only are you an author, but you were a contestant on the Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> yes. And that has turned all of us into jealous, jealous housewives. <laughs> How did you do? How did you do on the show? You know what? I did pretty well. I didn't get to the bonus round. I should have bought the A. Oh. <laughs> that, that replays in my mind over and over. Those puzzles are a lot easier to solve on your couch than with yeah. the bright lights shining in your face. But if you see the episode, um, I get like I think three of the very, of the fast round things, and I ended up winning like fifty five hundred dollars. I went home with some money. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you get to keep it? They don't like tax it right then or what do they do? Not no, not right then. You have to claim it. But yes. Okay. So I got so I did go home with some money and plus I got a fun trip to California with my hunky husband. So it was a great <laughs> experience. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you went too? Oh no, you went for the show. No, never mind. You went there for the show. I was thinking you were saying that you won a trip, but you went there. For oh, the show. no, I got to go to LA, you know, to to film the show, and I we made a trip out of it, so oh, it was oh, super so fun. Yes, it was a bucket list, and I auditioned a few times. I'm very persistent; I don't give up. And I, I love got that. Accepted, so yeah. If you want, you should try out. <laughs> yeah, I, 
I'm going to. I'm going. I'm going to do it. Um, I was, it. Not that this has anything to do with anything, but I might have been on the prices right. But I didn't get called up. I only got, uh, there's a picture of me on TV pushing somebody. Literally, it looks like I'm pushing her down. But I was really patting her back. But it, 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 come off, it didn't come off that way. But interesting what you just said, because I, um, you know, uh, full disclosure, I get um, discouraged. If I, if I'm not really good at something, I kind of tend to give up a little bit quicker than I should. And I love that one of the things you said is there, there is so much rejection in, uh, writing a book and trying to get a publicist and, you know, trying to, to get it, everything that you need to write a book, but you were persistent even with your, your stepbrother. And, um, where does that come from? Is that something that you feel like your mom or your dad taught you? Probably. I think they set the stage for that for sure. I don't, um, I don't give up very easily. And I did hear once at a writer's conference, the difference between a published author and non-published is one didn't give up. Mm -hmm. And so I was encouraged by that. I just keep putting myself up there. I know that I'm not responsible for the outcome, but I have to keep trying, especially in the writer world. You can't be, can't give up. Yeah. You know, Bonnie, how can using the sense of taste help parents teach kind habits? I mean, so you read the book to your kids, and you're talking about that. You know, teaching our children the power of words, importance of kindness is so huge. And tone is, I get in trouble more times from my tone. I didn't really, I didn't think I had a tone until after the words are out. I go, oh my gosh. So can you give us any, share with us any like things you've learned in that area? Yeah, so like I said earlier, I feel like taste is a primal sense. It's the first thing we learn, so it's easy to talk about taste. Some things are yummy. I mean, when you bite into something gross, your whole body has a reaction. So when you an unkind word is spoken to you, oh, it affects you so deeply. And the same when you are the one um, saying the unkind word. It really goes deep into someone's soul. So it's important to be able to get that point across. And I just thought it was a fun way to do so. So far, kids are really enjoying the message and they're getting it. Mm -hmm. How long has the book been out? The book came out on April 7th of this year. Strange time to be a debut author, but... (laughs) So you're obviously not doing a huge book tour. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Right. Well, I am. We will come. We will come and be there from for the you. comfort of my home. I am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you make a mistake and say an unkind word, like I do many times, you yes. probably had to also then teach, like, "I'm sorry, please forgive me." Da, da. I mean, right. there's forgiveness that goes along with all the unkind words we say, right? Absolutely. And then when Amara, she actually apologizes to her best friend later in the story for how the story started out. And yes, then the yummy flavors just start coming and she gets to share those with her. So that's important. Okay, Bonnie, I'm dying to know, how did you come up with the flavors that you chose in the book? Yeah. (laughs) You know what? That's a lot of trial and error. I think I went through tons of research <laughs> with the flavors. Um, of course, I had to put my favorites in there. Chocolate has to be in there. Yeah. And um, caramel, which even I think beats chocolate in my mind. That's one of, <laughs> that was, I that's one of my favorites. Yes. Yeah, so that that was fun. You could continue this with, forever with your own kids and come up with your own flavors. There could be... Um, you know, an adult version with fajitas or whatever, you know, oh, that's <laughs> whatever it tastes good. Yeah. 
Yeah. Lobster yeah. milk. But we did notice that your, your choices, a lot of your choices were healthy choices, which, um, obviously that's why you look so good. But, uh, <laughs> my book would have all been about candy bars and potato chips. Well, you know what? I have to, it, I have to tell you though, because this book was actually a little more candy heavy in the beginning. And as it got edited, um, we added in a little more healthy flavors because of the concern from, you know, parents and um, educators that it might yeah. be too sweet. So we did add in a little more fruit through editing, which was a fun, a fun process. Yeah. And how long cool. is a process like that anyways, Bonnie, from like getting the idea of writing the book, writing the book and getting it like published? Like how, how much time did you have to well, this? Probably this answer is different for every author. Um, I came up with the idea in 2016, and here we are. So that seems a little depressing, four years. But, I mean, the time can vary. Um, I feel like my timeline to publication, it it hit a few bumps along the road, but ultimately landed with a fabulous agent. Um, It went to a seven-house auction. Uh, So it's it's been a wild ride, but it landed where it needed to be in the year that it needed to come out. So I'm super grateful. Yeah, it really, I mean, yeah, how about God's timing? It's always perfect. No matter what. Um, also, I something else that I saw that you said that you describe your current role as an overeducated and underqualified mom of three, and I thought that was so perfect for everybody. It, really yes. perfect because you do feel like you're overqualified to handle these. Like, really, your three little kids. I can do. I can do this. I've got this. And then you go, no, I, I don't got this. Yeah. So I have a business degree from Georgia Tech that I'm proud of, but I haven't quite used to its potential. (laughs) And then um, when I had my kids just kind of stair step in a row, I felt completely overwhelmed because I feel like there's no manual for that. We're all doing the best we can with what we know with our own personal convictions. So, yeah, that's been a a wild hands-on learning experience for me um, in parenting my kids along with my hunky husband. So, but it's been a fun ride. It's very rewarding. Hardest thing I've ever done, but super rewarding at the same time. Well, especially the older they get, it's, it just, it really does get better and better and better. And now I've got, well, we've all got grown kids now. I think you're just maybe a year or two younger than we are. Barely. Um, Barely. um, And I don't want you to think we were stalking your husband. We weren't. Yes, we were. We were stalking your husband. (laughs) And one other thing about your husband, because we might have just checked a little bit. He's a hairstylist. Hairstylist. Yeah, so it's funny because if you were to meet my husband, if you saw a picture, he has a mohawk beard and tattoos, and everyone thinks he's like ex-military or MMA fighter or something along those lines. And then when he says he's salon owner and hairdresser, they're like, "What?" So, yes, we we kind of we like destroying those roles because. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, you have the most darling hair. And I oh. did notice in the book that the mom has very similar hair. She's got, you more- know, again, thank you, Todd. I think he uh, might have patterned that after mine. Actually, now I'm reaching, I'm trying to grow it out to look more like her in the book. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, my husband does do my hair. Oh, that's mm-hmm. awesome. I would really mm-hmm. kill for that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when we were talking about some verses to go along with your book, besides um, the, you know, sweet to the honeycomb, I, I pulled up Ephesians 4.29, and it says, not let any, and it doesn't say some, it says, but any unwholesome talk come from your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Mm-hmm. That is um, a, a, a word that we all need to hear, and I need to say it to myself over and over and over every day because I, I, I there are times when I know God's saying, Debbie, just keep your mouth shut. You don't need that. You do not need to say this, and I still and I still say it anyway. And then I am so disappointed. And then the words, like we said earlier, they hurt so bad, and we don't even realize it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's another one of my favorites, Ephesians four twenty nine. That's a great oh, one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm convicted. Well, I'm convicted by all the verses about your mouth. Uh, but the uh, one in particular, uh, Matthew 12, 34, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks because your speech is an accurate index of who you are at the core of your life. And so another verse that constant, a constant reminder to me, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. So even though my words might sound okay and my tone might, I might have gotten it right. My heart inside can be really ugly, super ugly. So I have to go back before the Lord and, you know, focus on my own heart. Yes. Could I um, see that in your book, you have actually on like a chalkboard in one of the um, pages, the verse 16, Proverbs 16, 24. Is it? Did I see that? Yes, yeah, so I'm glad you found that because it's subtle in the illustrations. It's on the the chalkboard in the the I think like the dining room, looking into the kitchen, and I have that exact board hanging in mm-hmm. my dining room. Oh, and I'll, I'll write verses on every month, mm-hmm. but it was important to me to have that in the illustrations, but not explicitly in the text because mm-hmm. I want to go to public schools. I want to go everywhere. I don't want this. Yeah. This book is a message for everyone, yeah. so that's why I chose to do it that way. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad I found it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the message still is it's loud and clear to, um, I, it was definitely loud and clear to all of us because when we started pulling up other verses and, um, I think it was obvious that Sherry had the most because she needs, she needs to, to <laughs> Yes, yeah, because I, I need the most help and the most work. Uh, another illustration I heard one time is like everybody is carrying inside of them a giant balloon, and you can either help inflate that balloon or you can pop it with a pin. And don't be a pinhead and pop people's balloon, but rather inflate and help encourage and affirm them. Um, I love so, that. Yeah, that's so, a good yeah, one. Write, write a book and use that illustration. <laughs> I'm, I'm writing that down. Thank you. <laughs> Sherry, you're going to be famous after all. I just know it. <laughs> Robin, you were talking about um, the verse on the back, and you just thought that that was um, just so perfect the way that kind of wraps the whole book in a beautiful bow. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I love that verse. And I have a five-year-old grandson, and we took him fishing um to a cabin overnight, um, just yesterday and the day before. And he would, you know, Oh my God, Lolly, look at this. He calls me Lolly. And, um, so we were talking to him over and over throughout the trip that we would rather that he would say, Oh my gosh, rather than, Oh my God, because it just doesn't sound respectful to the Lord. And he, he would just look at me like, 
and trying to understand what you're saying. Okay, Lolly, I won't do that. And then he would turn around and say it again because he's so used to saying it. Um, so I'm buying this book for him um, to read to him because I think it gets such a great visual and a great picture for him to understand that our words make a difference. And word when we're using the Lord's name like that, we're not showing him respect and the awe that he deserves. Mm-hmm. Just like when you speak unkind words to another person and say things and to be able to make that connection for him. So I'm real excited to get this book. I'm so glad you wrote it. Me well, too. Thank you because I hope it's a prompt for parents and grandparents and teachers and educators because this takes practice, mm-hmm. you know, five-year-olds and 45-year-olds. It takes practice. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. long, don't you think? I, I think it's a lifelong. Yeah. And yeah. practicing at home um, is really where I need to practice in my own home because who you are at home is who you really are. And it can be, yeah. you can have the most, you know, diarrhea of the mouth to the people you love the most, who you live with day in and day out. I can be kind to the whole world except to my very own, <laughs> my very own family. Isn't yeah. that so true? Why? And, and, you know, my mom told me once that we have no fear of rejection from the people that we love right. the most. So that's that's why we're willing to do it. So, okay, speaking of buying your book, because we are all buying it, I've got five grandkids, four, one on the way. They're all getting it. Um, And I want to put this on all of our social media so that our listeners can have a quick, easy way to find the book. So tell us, where can we find your book and where can our listeners get more information about you personally? And maybe see a picture of your hunky husband. <laughs> well, um, um, on my website, bonnieclarkbooks.com, there's everything you need to know about me, including um, information about my books and where to buy them. But they are available at all online real retailers. They're at Bookshop, um, Indie Books, Indie Books, and Amazon, and Barnes and Nobles, and Target. I mean, everywhere. And then you can also request a copy to be carried in your local library if you're open or when you do open again. Awesome. So, um or, or even ask your school. But my website has lots of information there about me. I don't know if there's a picture of my husband. To, <laughs> I don't even I know where we found that. it, but somebody found it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Okay, Bonnie, it was a, such a treat, such a joy to have you with us today. I hope you enjoyed it. We loved it. And, uh, we think you are adorable. So, so, uh, girlfriends, taste it, taste your words, go buy the book and Lord willing, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Girlfriend It because our girlfriends are where we get our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It. Hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com.